Hey there, homies. This is Sarah. And this is Ashley. And this is Hometown Homicide. Welcome back to another week of Hometown Homicide. Yes, and thank you for those who are continuing to listen every week. And new listeners, because we got a whole crap ton of them. Yes, last week, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I know there were some questions that you guys gave us feedback on, which we love, so thank you for that. So the questions I asked were because I did it for a reason. Because in the first episode that we did of Bob and the information Sarah provided with this, it didn't quite add up. So that's why I was I was asking questions because I don't know, <laughs> but I was asking certain questions for a reason. Mm-hmm. And like when we do our episodes, I research my stuff and I tell Ashley she reaches researches her stuff and she tells me so for example the the Indian stuff I knew there were Indian tribes and things up there so when I, I had said no the tribe, idea yeah she was like the what now she she was honestly confused and then we want to say we know Native Americans are not the mob oh right and whatnot that wasn't our intention she just the Especially when I said, said the money laundering rumors that I was told about, you know, she was kind of wondering if there were similarities in a specific situation, not generalizing. Exactly. And so I didn't mean to ruffle any feathers with that. No. Also, it was mentioned, and I did respond on YouTube that the road he went missing on was straight not windy and I did say a windy road because when Sarah was explaining it to me in my head I'm imagining a windy road I don't know why it just happened no and I knew or I didn't think it was necessarily but I also didn't zoom in the most you can absolutely zoom in on Google Maps but from looking at the state of Michigan and seeing where Mackinac Trail was I'm like well it might not have been but once you get down in there, it might be, but another perils of not being from there, but you know. And we do appreciate all the shares and conversations that are now happening on our pages for this. And the more conversations, more questions that are being asked on YouTube, it's going to help get that out there even more. And hopefully in, in front of the right person who might know something, and Sarah, I know the family of Bob Dale was posted a question if you wanted to go over that. Yeah. 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 If anyone and if you have any information that you want us to also clarify about this, our email is open at podcast. So it's podcast at hometownhomicide.com. If you do not want your name mentioned, we will respect your wishes and not mention your name, but all information is welcome because we are willing to keep this going. Yeah. Updates what? every episode if we need to. I hope they can get an answer and we can share that answer with everyone. The Find Bob Dale shared on Thursday. 
The family of Bob Dale is asking for help. We are asking, does anyone know of any open construction going on prior to Bob's disappearance in 1996, starting at Riverside Drive and Nicolette Road split going up to Six Mile Road? So if you do remember something, know something, or have anything to share with them, go to the Find Bob Dale page on Facebook and message them, or you can send it to us and we'll forward it along. Any information would help. This family needs answers. They need closure. It's going on 27 years. Mm, Yep. And we are just happy to be able to help the family get the information out because on Twitter... We did see someone in Arizona tweeted a flyer of Bob Dale and tagged some other podcasts while Elena from the Morbid podcast retweeted it. So that's very helpful. Yes. It's very helpful. And I, I, or will we, replied to that that tweet, that tag of them um, with the link to the episode and a little bit of information about it. So maybe maybe Morbid will mention it and get get more ears listening and whatnot. One little interesting bit of news is we had someone reach out to us, uh, a relative of someone we've covered in the past. One of our previous episodes. Yeah. And he would like us to help him with his podcast. About his his, his family member that that we covered. So we're not like in on a project but like he sent us first episode to listen to and give him some criticism or not criticism give him some feedback feedback and uh it's exciting we'll we'll be able to share that with you guys at some point in in more detail any other news of any sort that we need to go over um well i do have a question for people and you can tell us your answer on twitter is selling feet pictures still a thing on OnlyFans? <laughs> I'm just curious for research. Also, with prices the way they are, I mean, it might help. Um, I haven't seen any war updates the last few days, which I feel is, like, good. Um, I've seen some on TikTok, people explaining gas prices and... Well, yeah, I mean... And whatnot. But I had, like, legit... Twitter notifications about news and stuff from over there, and I haven't had any in the last few days. So I'm like, well, maybe it's that could be good. Calming down, could perhaps. be good or bad. Yeah. Um, but we're still thinking about you, Ukraine, and uh, for that, flipping the Russian soldiers that don't want this war either didn't even know they were in a war until they get over there. So. Right. But yeah. What do you have for us today, Ashley? Well, today we are going to head down to Texas. And side note, we have a few hometown (laughs) homicide pens floating around in a few different breweries and restaurants and bars around the Dallas area. My awesome cousin Heather, shout out to you. (laughs) I think she's behind on episodes. It'll be a surprise then. um, She went down there and took some pens and different places they stopped she left a pen so if you're in texas you're listening to this thank you and i did see an uptick of 
listens around the area. She left pens. But if you see one of her pens, take a picture of it. Tag us. Tweet us. Tag us. Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Let us know. But anyways, we're going to head down to Texas and we're going to talk about Rick and Susie Wamsley of Mansfield, Texas. Okay. In 2003, they celebrated their 25th wedding anniversary. After getting married in 1978, Rick and Susie, they lived in Stillwater, Oklahoma, before moving to Houston, where Rick was employed with Shell Oil Company after graduating from college. And it seems like they moved around a lot for Rick's job. In 1984, they moved to Salt Lake City, Utah. It's a good year. (laughs) Where Rick worked for UTEX. And then in 1987, moved to Arlington, where Rick was employed by Meridian Oil Company. In 1995, Rick opened his own CPA practice specializing in oil and gas litigation before they ended up in Mansfield, Texas. So he worked in the oil business. So they had some money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Rick and Susie seemed like the perfect couple and were very wealthy and were loved by everyone in their wealthy country club neighborhood. And they said everyone loved Rick. Everyone loved Susie. They just seemed like the perfect picture mm-hmm. picture perfect couple mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it said that Susie was a homemaker and she even grew catnip in their yard for the neighborhood cats oh that's cute I love that <laughs> my cats love catnip I think all cats do but Rick was really busy with work and he traveled a lot but he always tried to make it up to his kids because he was a good dad mm-hmm. Speaking of that, they had two kids, Sarah and Andrew. Good name. Did she spell it right? Yes. Hell yeah. With an H. Excellent. Sarah was more outgoing and was considered one of the more popular kids in school. While Andrew was quieter and liked a smaller social group, he was awkward is how they explained him. So in 2003, when Rick and Susie celebrated their 25th anniversary, they also celebrated as grandparents because Sarah made them grandparents. Mm-hmm. I guess she was a little bit more rebel- rebellious after graduating high school. She got kicked out of high school, or not out of high school, she got kicked out of the home after high school because mm-hmm. of this behavior. Okay. Andrew was 19. He was going to community college. And Rick and Susie even bought him a Ford Mustang for keeping his grades up. Hmm. 2003 is also when Andrew met his girlfriend, Chelsea. Andrew was a just the guy from her dreams Mm -hmm. because he was wealthy she was not she came from a poor town and andrew liked chelsea because she was accepting of him Mm. december 11th 2003 at 11 40 p.m someone called 911 from the wamsley home but no one responded on the other end to the dispatcher Mm -hmm. no one was there So, of course, officers were dispatched, and they arrived at 11.44 to a very quiet home. After knocking and getting no answer, they walked around the house and saw the garage door was open. And the door that was leading inside from the garage was also open. So they made their way in. Uh They started looking around and calling out to see if anyone was there. Once they got through the kitchen, towards the living room, is when they found blood 
And as they followed the blood stains, they found more and more blood until they found Susie on the couch with multiple stab wounds and a shot to the head. By the front door was Rick, face down in a pool of blood, also with multiple stab wounds and a shot in the head. While investigating the scene, they found bloody shoe prints throughout the house. And the shoe prints were different sizes. So they knew that they were dealing with multiple people. Mm -hmm. There were also dried bloody fingerprints on the wallpaper in the dining room and a bloody knife blade, but no handle. And a few feet from that, a bullet casing. Now they said in order to break a knife, they'd have to be hitting bone. Like, they'd have to stab them that hard. In Rick and Susie's bedroom, they found two bullet holes in the wall. Investigators believe Susie was asleep on the couch and didn't even have a chance to get up or even try to defend herself. Rick, on the other hand, was shot in the head in their bedroom and was still able to get up and try to run before being shot again in the back in the living room. Now, they mentioned that... In the living room by the fireplace, mm-hmm. it was white carpet. Okay. The blood stains, mm-hmm. how they explained it was when you're a kid in the snow making snow angels, that's what it looked like, but in blood. So there was a fight. Like, it, he was moving his mm-hmm. arms trying mm-hmm. to get away. Mm-hmm. Rick was still able to make it to the front door even after being shot twice. They think he was just trying to get to that front door and was so close. Yeah. They found in Rick's hand was a clump of black hair. Oh. Rick's hair is brown and Susie's is red. Oh. So it wasn't theirs. So whose hair was it? Because this is the key to who did this. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on Apple, Spotify, Good Pods, and also Facebook. You can find us on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at Hometown Homicide Podcast, YouTube at Hometown Homicide, and Twitter at Ope Murder. So it was determined that Rick was shot in the head and back and was stabbed 21 times. Susie died from the gunshot wound to the head, but was then stabbed 18 times after she was already dead. So who wanted to kill this picture-perfect couple was thought maybe it was a robbery. No. But that was ruled out when police found $15,000 in cash Jesus. in the couple's dresser. And it looked like it was Shit. scattered around their room. Yeah. Like, just in 20s. Different. $15,000. Jesus. With how many times they were stabbed, this was personal. Yeah. It's... it's- and rage and personal. The fact sure. that she was dead and they and went they and stabbed her stabbed. 18 times. Yeah. So a few theories that they had early on in the in this investigation. Mm-hmm. Maybe Susie was sleeping on the couch because she was going to leave Rick. And that's why there was $15,000 scattered in the bedroom. Like she was just saving up so she could leave him. Mm-hmm. And along with this, one of them hired to have the other one killed and something went wrong. Another theory. Sarah was going through a really bitter custody battle with her her ex, Todd. And Rick and Susie kept interfering with that and putting themselves in this custody battle. So they thought maybe Todd was trying to get rid of them. Okay. 
to make it easier. Mm-hmm. Well, t- Todd passed a polygraph test and was soon cleared. Meh. Everything added up for him. All right, fine. The Wamsleys also had a target on their back. The month before, Rick, Susie, and Sarah were heading to lunch when their Jeep was shot at exiting the freeway. They found a bullet hole in the left rear panel of their Jeep. Police found no witnesses and made no arrest. It seemed just to be a random drive-by shooting. I think I've heard this before. Okay. It seemed the money thing seemed slightly familiar, and then the drive-by or whatever that they thought was maybe just rando accident or whatever. But like, the fact that now, in one month, they have two shootings yeah. and now they're dead. Yeah, that'd be a really shitty coincidence, right? Andrew also apparently was impulsive and immature, mm. and he would say that he hated his dad. I don't know why, but because they basically, I guess they were strict with them, but they still gave them to make them have like the best childhood. Mm -hmm. He, I guess, once threw a VHS tape at his dad's head so hard it drew blood, all because Rick asked if he could take, like, return it because it was late. And he even told Andrew. I just need to take it back. I will re-rent it for you if you want to watch it again. And he just got mad and threw it at his head. That's vibes of the... Red flag? Yes, red flag vibes of the kid here that shot his parents and tried to make it look like it was a robber because they told him to get a job or move out. Right, yeah, yeah. Overreaction. Not, Not the same scenario necessarily, but being asked to return a fucking videotape and you chuck it at your dad's head so hard you make him bleed. Right. That's a bit excessive. Exactly. Now, because they found a $1 million life insurance payoff, so with that and the entire estate, I guess it was about $1.65 million, the Wamsley children did remain under suspicion. Mm -hmm. Of course. Right. Now, when they talked to Sarah, her alibi seemed to add up, but investigators still took DNA samples from Sarah for testing, Mm -hmm. to be sure, because they have that clump of hair. Right. They need to match it to somebody. Mm -hmm. Investigators also talked with Chelsea, and she gave the same story that Andrew gave them. They planned to go camping, but did not go because of the weather. A cold front came in. And instead, they played miniature golf, then went to the Waffle House before going home. Police got a warrant to get a DNA sample from Chelsea and anyone else that was living in that house, including her best friend, Susanna Toledano. When investigators were looking through Chelsea's house, they said it was just straight up disgusting. Mm -hmm. And they opened a drawer to see if they could, you know, maybe find a knife without a blade. Right. Because they had the plate. They needed the handle. Right. A dozen roaches jumped out. <gasps> oh! Now, I did see <sighs> actual crime, like, videos <sighs> of the scene also of Chelsea's house. And it gave me complete hoarder vibes. Uh. It was. It looked disgusting. <sighs> now, months go by before DNA results come back from the lab. And, and this they, was 2003, right? Yes. Yeah, so it was 
That was December 2003. So we're now talking, I believe, May of 2004. 2004. Okay. Yes. The results come back from the lab, and the hair they found in Rick's hand had a match. Mm-hmm. Any guesses? <sighs> it's okay. Well, I mean, from the get, I was like, well, is it the son and his girlfriend being greedy or the daughter now sarah did have long black hair i think i don't know if it's black it was dark hair but if one theory was that todd did it it's not like they would have done it together so right i'm I'm gonna go with the son and the girlfriend so the girlfriend's hair it was actually susanna toledano oh the oh yeah the roommate the best friend yeah and it shocked investigators because she wasn't even on their radar. Mm-hmm. They only took her DNA because she was friends with Chelsea and lived there. Mm. When they go to Chelsea's to get Susanna, she was no longer there. Mm. It's been months. Yeah. And she's originally from Chicago. So they got her warrant for her cell phone records. <laughs> and they found her in Chicago and mm. arrested her. Excellent. While in custody, she was told her DNA matched hair samples that were found at the scene. And then let her sit. <laughs> so after hours sitting with this information, she started talking. <laughs> so under Chelsea's influence and following Chelsea's instructions, Susanna immediately implicated only herself and Hilario in the murders. Now, Hilario was the manager at IHOP that the three of them would go to. <laughs> and they would hang out and play games. And... He would, when it was slow, sit down with them and play games with them. So that's how they met Hilario Cardenas. She protected Chelsea and Andrew. She told them the night of the murder, Hilario was driving her home when they went to the Wamsley home. Both of them went inside and she heard two shots and Rick screaming no. And she immediately left and Hilario told her not to say a word. Mm. After some searching... They found Hilario and told them that he was a suspect in a double homicide, and he was shocked. (laughs) He tells investigators he did not commit the killings, but he can tell them who did. Mm -hmm. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Hilario told them Andrew and Chelsea came into the IHOP, where he worked at, Mm -hmm. and told them they were going to kill Andrew's parents. Chelsea was hoping they would get some money so her and Andrew could live happily ever after. Chelsea told Susanna and Hilario they would cut them in if they would help. Hilario did not take them seriously whatsoever until Andrew asked him to help him get a gun. After he and he blew them off, but Andrew and Chelsea kept bugging him and bugging him about this gun. So Hilario finally went to Dallas and purchased a gun, a 38 revolver for $200. And only a few days later, the group came back to tell him that Susanna used the gun to shoot at the Wamsley's Jeep because they thought if they shot at the gas tank, it would blow up the car and kill them all. Jesus Christ. A little too much TV. They also came back to the IHOP multiple times and discussed different ways on how they were going to kill Rick and Susie. So a few of the plans that the three of them, well, mainly Chelsea and Andrew, Mm because they were trying to get Susanna and Hilario to help. Right. A few plans included staging a robbery Mm -hmm. where the Wamsleys were killed, 
putting balloons filled with caustic chemicals in the gas tank of the Wamsley's vehicle, presumably to cause an explosion, (laughs) cutting the vehicle's brake lines to cause an accident, and then shooting the vehicle while the Wamsley's were traveling in it, which they did and failed. (laughs) Later, the three of them made another attempt to murder Rick and Susie. According to Susanna, she was to hide in Andrew's closet and shoot the Wamsleys after they went to sleep. However, despite persistent encouragement from Chelsea and Andrew, Susanna foiled this scheme by refusing to go through with the killings. The three regrouped and decided to try again another night. So on the early morning of December 10th, Chelsea sent Susanna a text message saying, tonight's the night. We're going to do this. The three of them arrived at the Wamsley house and Chelsea coached Susanna on how to carry out the shootings. After Chelsea's pep talk, Susanna shot Susie in the head as she slept on the living room sofa. She died instantly, as we know. Next, Susanna went into the master bedroom where Rick had woken up to the sound of the gunshot. Right. He charged towards Susanna as she fired into the bedroom. A bullet struck him above the eyebrow. Yeesh. Rick managed to tackle Susanna, who hit the floor and lost the gun. So that's when they're in the living room, and that's where the, well, the yeah. blood angel, mm-hmm. basically. So she, that knocked the gun out of her hand. Chelsea then picked up the gun and shot Rick in the back to make him let go of Susanna. When there were no more bullets in the gun, Chelsea retrieved two knives from the kitchen. Meanwhile, Rick and Andrew struggled into the entryway as Rick pleaded with his son and asked why this was happening. I don't know why Chelsea said that she was pregnant and threatened to shoot Rick if he didn't shut up. I don't, I don't know where that, why that had, I don't know. As the struggle continued, Chelsea ordered Susanna to return to the living room and stab Susie to ensure that she was dead. Okay. Because apparently, killing someone was not as easy as they thought. <laughs> when Susanna returned to the entryway, Rick was face down on the floor and she stabbed him in the back. So when Rick and Susie were dead, mm. Chelsea, Andrew, and Susanna fled. They threw their clothing into a trash bag that Chelsea had brought along. Then they went to Chelsea's house and cleaned up. Later that morning, they cleaned and detailed Andrew's car. Hmm. Susanna followed her usual routine of going to school and then to work. Now, 18 hours later, they returned to the house, and that's when they called 911 because they wanted the bodies to be found Mm -hmm. so that... they could get their money faster. Oh, of course. So they laid there for, I mean, they were dead for 18 hours in the Mm. house. Mm. Hilario told investigators that after he purchased the gun for Andrew, that he was no longer involved, but they still arrested him for conspiracy to commit murder. I mean, yeah. So after that, police arrest Andrew and Chelsea and charge them with solicitation to commit capital murder. They did a search of Andrew's car, and they found blood blood streaks that matched the DNA of Rick and Susie. So based on blood samples, Mm -hmm. DNA, and the confessions, prosecutors charge Andrew and Chelsea with two counts of capital murder. Mm -hmm. 
capital murder is the most serious crime in the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. They don't fuck around in Texas. I was just going to say, you don't fuck around in Texas, man. It is the state's only offense punishable by death. Uh Uh-huh. So Andrew, Chelsea, and Susanna, they all face the death penalty. Excellent. Hilario struck a deal. He pled guilty to conspiracy to commit capital murder and was sentenced to 50 years with parole eligibility in 2014. Hmm. That's fast. 10 years, yeah. Yeah. Uh, He was denied parole in 2016. And again, in 2017, he is currently at Cofield. He is projected to be released in 2024. So that's Hmm. in two years. Yeah. Susanna also made a deal with the state for a reduced charge to murder and no longer face the death penalty. On May 26, 2006, she was sentenced to life in prison with a possibility of parole after 30 years. As a part of her plea deal, she did testify against Chelsea and Andrew at their trials. Hmm. Susanna Toledano is currently incarcerated at the William P. Hobby Unit in Falls County, Texas. She will be eligible for parole on April 5, 2034. While in jail awaiting trial, Chelsea discussed her involvement in the Walmsley's murder with several inmates and attempted to convince them to testify on her behalf. (laughs) She began calling one inmate mom and passed her note the day after the trial began, instructing her to memorize Chelsea's false alibi and to rewrite it in her own words. When her trial began in May 2005, Chelsea's fellow prison inmates testified at her trial that she had admitted her role in the murders. (laughs) Susanna also testified that Chelsea told her to kill the Wamsleys so they could share in the family's estate. After only three hours of deliberation, Chelsea was convicted of capital murder. Nice. The jury deliberated for just more than two hours before unanimously sentencing Chelsea to lethal injection. In account of the crime's brutal and premeditated nature, and that she was considered a danger to society. She also became the first female sentenced to death in Tarrant County, Texas. Hmm. Not a title that you want. No. On December 13th, 2011, Chelsea's sentence was commuted to life in prison due to successful appeal on the grounds that prosecutors had withheld evidence at her trial. Today... At the age of 37, Chelsea Lee Richardson is incarcerated at the Dr. Lane Murray Prison in Gatesville, Texas. According to the State Department of Criminal Justice Records, she will be eligible for parole in 2044 as well. Andrew Wamsley, on the other hand, went to trial in 2006. He was convicted of capital murder on March 5th. 2006. However, the jury did not view Andrew as a future danger to society and sentenced him to life in prison. So Andrew tried to appeal his verdict once, but the Second District of Texas Courts of Appeals affirmed it on March 13, 2008. Andrew remains behind bars. According to state records, he's also the age of 37. Andrew Wamsley is currently incarcerated at the John B. Connolly Maximum Security Prison in Kennedy, Texas, where he's expected to stay until at least his parole eligibility of 2044. Now, closing facts on this. Chelsea was the manipulator in this whole thing. Yeah. And Andrew 
would have never killed his parents if it weren't for her. Yeah. If Andrew never met Chelsea, Rick and Susie would probably still be alive today. Probably. It's shitty. Just for money. She didn't care. They weren't her parents. But how did they think that they would get away with that? Like, with all the evidence they left behind. Uh, Obviously, they were kids. 19, you're still a kid. And it just... The same way they thought that just shooting at the gas tank was going to blow up the car. Honestly, I mean, no part of it is funny. But when you were saying there was bloody fingerprints and stuff, it just made me think of the memes where it's like, listening to a true crime podcast or show or whatever, and they left bloody fingerprints. You stupid stupid bitch. bitch. (laughs) While you're laying in bed eating chips and salsa. You stupid bitch. (laughs) I, speaking of that, nowhere did it ever say, like, those fingerprints, like, if they had, they didn't fingerprint Andrew, any of them to match those bloody fingerprints. Nothing of that was mentioned. I just realized that, like, Bloody fingerprints. Why did they? And it took so long to get the DNA. One argument could be that, you know, it's Andrew's parents' home. He may have had bloody hands at some point. I know that sounds stupid. It was like right in the middle of the crime scene where the same. I'm just saying, man. I know. I just, that just occurred to me. Like, why wasn't. Did they ever find the handle of the knife? Obviously, it didn't matter, but. I did not find if they did or not i I believe it said somewhere that i read that the gun or that was never found because of so originally when because they wanted the bodies to be found so they could speed up the process of getting the money sarah the sister Mm -hmm. actually blocked andrew from receiving anything because she felt he had something to do with it yeah and they asked to search Andrew's vehicle, his Mustang, and he said no. He wouldn't let them, so obviously they, yeah. once they were arrested, they were able to, and yeah. they cut part of the seat out and mm. found the blood, because mm-hmm. you can't hide that, no. and yeah. yeah. Shitty situation and not very smart. I mean, that's good that they weren't very smart, because they didn't get away with it, but yeah, no, let's... I, I was very intrigued with this whole story, and for all you people in Texas listening, wanted to bring a story to you. Let yeah. us know your thoughts. And also, if you do like what you're hearing from us, please go rate us on Apple, Spotify, and Good Pods, because please. that does help us get our stories out there especially for those that are unsolved and missing like bob dale it is helping spread awareness and get that out in front of more people so reviews will help us it's not just a selfish request it's it's yeah further these stories and this information and hopefully bring some answers for cases that need it I mean, it's free to do. It takes 30 yeah. seconds. If you could just say, you know, give us five stars and let us know why you love it. I mean, if you hate it, I mean, I guess tell us that too, because... Because we can, we can take constructive criticism, you know. Nobody's perfect. Also, if you have your own stories of murder, mayhem, and other tragedies or, or spooky ghosty things, send them to us. Yeah, we like to read those and maybe if you want us to we can share those as well some homey homey tales home homey tales home 
We'll have to come up with something. Yeah, we'll we'll think of something. But you can email them at I say email them to podcast at hometownhomicide.com. And like have, you know, homie tales or something in the subject line for lack of we didn't workshop this ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, autopsy of a horror story. I left you a review. We've already discussed this in messages. But I said, oh, I love how... Here's how it was supposed to say. I love how he dissects my our favorite horror movies. It auto-corrected to, I love how he directs our favorite horror <laughs> movies. And he's like, I wish I directed them. Like, I bet you do. But... I am embarrassed. I don't know if I can edit that because people are going to read that and be like, is Hometown Homicide stupid? He doesn't direct these horror movies. I meant dissects. Oh. Ugh. The horror and <laughs> autocrat. The audacity. The audacity. <laughs> All right, anything else? Yes. One last thing. Mm. YouTube. We are almost to 100 subscribers. Yes, we're closing we in. We promised that at 100, we would give away a piece of merch. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be posting some pictures of this merch that Sarah has ordered of mm. possible giveaway options. And I've got other mm, product templates. I'm like, what are the words? Uh, we're going to have multiple things coming out soon. Yeah, some, some options. We are going to open up to friends and family first. Yes. But soon. Now, we are at 77 subscribers. Mm. I may have tweeted yesterday we were 23 away. I meant to say 27. Um, probably hit the wrong button, and I didn't proofread. Animosa learning. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't want people to know where I'm from. Anyways. We've uh, said it before. Sh- shut up. <laughs> we are close. And also, mm. to add to that... Because I've seen a lot of people say, oh, I've subscribed. And then I can see that they've ups- unsubscribed. You have to remain subscribed to win. Uh, we are keeping a list of who has subscribed. And once we hit 100, we will do a video, may do a live of the giveaway. Mm-hmm. And then we will post it on all of our platforms of who won and what they've won. And then they'll need to reach out to us to say, let us know where to send it. But yeah, almost there. We're at 77. Need to get 100, and they'll probably do another one around, like, 500 or when we hit 1,000. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're also going to be sending some little thank you merch for our Patreon. Patreons. Patrons. The true the true homies? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I messaged, or Tracy saw, and she commented. She's like, what about people that were already true homies? I'm like, yeah, well, oh, yeah we're going to yes, back it course. up. So, yes, yeah, yes. send us your address, and yep. I'll get it out to you, which I didn't get to you this week but i will I'll, I'll get it out on monday or whatever remember we want to tell stories to you and not about you so stay safe and this was hometown homicide